Seven Seconds Jurassic Park, one minute time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're back this week to discuss Minute 105 of Lost World. Bit of an apologies to our YouTube viewers. Um, I noticed a couple of weeks ago, and I was meant to bring up that um, for some reason, or oh, I know why, because we're using um, some of the soundtracks from the film, particularly the uh, intro and the ending sort of bits of music there that um, copyright infringement was coming up on YouTube. But. Um, it seems, I've just quickly checked now, and it all seems to be going back to Universal and John Williams, which is fair enough, but the um, originally it wasn't to them, it was to some, uh, I think it was some Spanish or some South American artist was actually claiming copyright on the finale that we play at the end of the, each episode. Oh, really? Um, and because that's not even the full track, I sort of cut the start of it off and it's sort of, it's butchered a little bit, but the fact that they were sort of claiming copyright on that piece of music and calling it something else was just was just weird and fascinating i've just i've since gone back for an hour all the way back to minute one here for the infringements and now it's all uh it's all coming back to universal now with um it's the finale and jurassic park theme which was uh produced by john williams it's one of the last scores the last scores on the track on the all last tracks on the score so um, at least that's going to the right person now because I was trying to email YouTube to say hey no this music isn't from this artist it's from John Williams and if you're going to put ads in our videos and uh, put ads in our videos and send money to the content creator then you should be sending it to John Williams or Universal whoever owns the rights for the Lost World score and not to this <laughs> to this guy all banned in uh, Central America that um, is claiming <laughs> we're using their music but um, no that all looks like it's back in order now so if uh, if you are seeing ads during the uh, during the YouTube videos or the episodes on YouTube, then that's because it's uh, we've breached infringement. But um, we're not we're not doing Patreon. We're not not making any money off these episodes. So I'm sure um, I'm pretty sure United States and all the major or main countries still get uh, the YouTube videos, even if there's a copyright infringement. I get some countries in South Africa and all that that sort of block block the videos but but that's been happening and again sorry if you have been watching on youtube and uh, the videos haven't been coming through because of the infringement but that looks like it's all sorted now so mommy's very angry on to some happier news david <laughs> my breakout trinosaur has arrived <laughs> finally awesome. after after a year of waiting in the wind for it to get here it's uh it's here um i'm much happier with the paint the paint on it than um we've seen with a lot of production photos um than in hand photos it's it is a lot darker it doesn't really photograph well really but yeah you, the spots are on its on its on its lower jaw and that but they're not as blatant and the skin tone's not as light as what i've seen in some other photos so whether that's just because it come out of the californian or the california warehouse and not yeah. the china one yeah it's probably so probably a contributor <laughs> yeah so I, uh, I quickly unpacked. I'm I'm very surprised by the weight. Um, being polystone, obviously, just how heavy she is, and even the um, even the fence posts, like they they feel like they're die cast or steel. Um, just yeah. very very heavy, and you've got the wires as well. So when once I took her all, all out of the box and sort of even the base as well, the, the base she stands on is very heavy. It's just the whole lot feels a lot heavier than what it does in the box with the foam. It's like the foam <laughs> makes it a little bit lighter, but. I've got nowhere to put her. I'm still working on my man cave, so uh, she's gone back into storage and uh, will come out and get displayed once I've got that done. Gymnastics? I scrubbed out, Dad. I got cut from the team. Thanks for knowing. 
On to uh, new new acquisitions for this week, Dave. Have you found anything new or purchased anything new? Uh, not yet. I was actually going to wait until my um until my next paycheck came and grab the also wait for some better deals. Grab the regular the, the Lost World version of the big uh, six inch scale uh, five point of a or five point of articulation. What is that? The Velociraptors and the Owen, the little, the, the like the little twelve-inch figures. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. um, I found they had the Lost World one, the Raptor, and this uh, Gimelock, uh at Kohl's at work. And so I'm gonna grab that one in a while. So hopefully they'll still have a couple left. They've been selling very quickly at work. Which is good, I suppose. Yeah, well, it's good. It's good to see them selling. But then, is it just they haven't got that much stock and it's not being replenished? I don't know because um, um, things seem to go pretty fast, but then they get restocked pretty fast, and so the two stands, the two little standees they have at work are um, always kind of overflowing in a bit, in a way. Because coals, we though we do have back a back room. We usually keep our most of our stock out on the floor if we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Target's got a um, currently, or even another store similar to Walmart. Here's got uh, all the Jurassic World stuff, all Fallen Kingdom figures on uh, on sale at the moment. And uh, as we said last week, I was going to pick up the Jeep again, but I decided to get the uh, the Claire and Jurassic pack. That um, mm-hmm. has sort of the half damaged gyrosphere moulding on the glass, and I've um, I got a photo I'll post up onto the page, but uh, it, it might be a little bit big to scale, but it's still the original Hasbro Indominus <laughs> Rex can still get its jaws around it, which is good. And if you if you sort of uh, put the the little indents where the shattered glass mouldings is um, in the right sections of the tooth, that the, you can actually the um, jaw will actually hold onto the gyrosphere and you can hold it above the ground with the Indominus Rex. So that's that's great. It is it is a lot bigger than it should be. I think mean, to scale with that Indominus, the uh, the Lego gyrospheres that come out with that probably scale the best um, with those original figures. But um, just just having a toy of the gyrosphere now, um, yes, it comes with Claire. <laughs> I'm not overly um, fond of the Claire character at all, but. Uh, it's just good. You, you can put your two little figures in there and roll it around the floor, and um, it acts much much like the gyrosphere would. That was uh, that was a official piece of oh, official toy I purchased. I also got a uh, just a, a cheap accordion bus, which is I'd like to say more more so closer to what the original Challenger or RV was in the novel. Just real streamlined. Yeah, that's true. Not as big and bulky as what they were in the Lost World in the film. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're described as being sleek, like subway cars, but um, I sort of got this uh, this accordion bus, and um, it, some of the windows are in the perfect spot to uh, mimic the RV. The tyres the tires and axles can come off quite easily, so I can get and modify all that. And, um, and just before the record, I had a bit of a play around and got the screwdriver out and unbolted the tow hitch and that and flipped the rear tra- the rear of the bus upside down so I could do all the, the cliff top stuff. But it does, when my son was playing with on the way home, he said, Dad, how come, <laughs> how does it twist and fold over when it's 
got the tow hitch here <laughs> and the accordion connector. And I said, yeah, that's that's not how that works in the film. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint it up green and it'll be a good little custom to have and it sort of scales well with the Matchbox the Matchbox M class when I get it. So that's a little project I've got coming and uh, I'll start working on over the next couple of months. But again, I'll post. I'll actually those pictures are up on the uh, Facebook page now. Ah, yeah. Is this the Ludlow affair? No, so this is property. No, is we're it? on the list. You have to turn around, get back in your car. Right, this is Dr. Harding. I'm Dr. Mel. We, nice. we have Mr. Ludlow's One little bit of news to get to before we get into today's minutes, and it's been a pretty light news week. There's been a lot of TV spots and that coming up and being aired. Like at this stage, uh, most of the secrets of the film have been revealed, except for one. We've uh, There's a new behind-the-scenes featurette that come out one of them was showing a lot of the uh, animatronics and uh, all that stuff being used on set, which was fantastic to see. It's good to see some of the animatronics um, behind the scenes just using the Rex, the Rex inside that container with Owen that we see in the trailer. And even, I think Claire jumps on its back at one stage and rides it, <laughs> which um, which is fun too. But uh, one interesting thing that's come out of that trailer or featurette is a shot from inside Lockwood Manor with um, a painting... A portrait. Um, yes. I think it's a painting of John Hammond on portrait. the wall, along Ooh. with uh, a couple of other. Oh, along with a couple Peter of Ludlow. other men as well. I was going to say I missed that, and I'm just like, oh. what? really? <laughs> well, that's the founding, uh, the the um, succession of InGen CEOs on the wall. <laughs> um, but it's it's just interesting, and it's we've we've sort of jumped on, and we've discussed too in the past about how. Uh, Lockwood might not be as evil, maniacal, mustache twirling as what a lot of people think he will be, um, and just sort of he might be, if it's a financial thing where he was shut out of Jurassic Park or um, whatever, whatever happens there. But the fact that there's a mm-hmm. portrait of John Hammond on the wall in his manner, um, I don't know what that's supposed to supposed to say. Does he idolise well, Hammond? Um... Does he? It's supposed to be that um, Lockwood is supposed to represent a character in the novel, I think, called uh, Norman Atherton, who was a business associate of John Hammond. And then Hammond cut him out early out of the business, out of engine, and uh, kind of not replaced him with Wu as his kind of second confidant. But he just kind of took the company for himself and they had Wu basically his main confidant uh, as his chief geneticist. Norman Atherton was, um, I think, uh, the person who kind of got Hammond off the ground on a genetics level, but he wasn't, but uh, he was like the kind of co-founder of InGen, but he wasn't like the chief geneticist, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of it's interesting. But why would why would Lockwood have a have this on of Jan, John Hammond in his manner if he was disgruntled with him? Or um, it also doesn't really we don't get much context of who the other two men are. One's one's a very early sort of early 19th century looking portrait and the other one sort of looks just as just about the same as what john hammond does but just slightly larger and i i just seen um i just seen deadpool too so all i thought when i seen this was uh rich white man on hanging on the walls 
from one of the jokes in that, but so we see the the older one in the middle here, so he was holding a, a, a skull of some description, so maybe it's pioneers in the in the paleontological um, history or something or I just found I just found odd that he's got a photo of John Hammond here and it it looks like John or they're suggesting in the article that um on Outpost here that it's sort of taken around the Lost World era where he's sort of a lot greyer and a lot older than what he was in Jurassic Park. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe a portrait he took before he died. So Yeah, I just found it. It's probably one of the big secrets we yeah, still haven't really Yeah. Found out. Well there's about. also also so, a couple interesting little tidbits they throw in here in this um little behind the scenes feature of B roll and other little things. Is there's also I think um is Lockwood uh, talking to Claire right in front of that model. And we get a good, really good shot of this, this supposed little island that supposedly Lockwood wants to move the animals to. And we don't know yet if it's Lockwood's behind the the betrayal or if it's this other, the other guys that are behind it who want to sell the dinosaurs at auction. And we hear Lockwood say something to Claire, like, we're moving them to a sanctuary that has no fences, and it's a real kind of uh, John Hammond naturalist kind of speech that kind of similar to what John Hammond said to Ian Malcolm at the beginning of the movie. Yep. And you could sort of, you could take that, well, well that's obviously, well, you'd presume that's sauna. Um, but if that if that map is... Or if that island he's got there set up in the middle of the room isn't sauna, if it's another, I don't think they'd bring another island into it. But um, yeah, because I think we talked last week too about the Arcadia and how it seemed like they were mm-hmm. taking all the animals in one go. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't several boats ferrying animals back and forth. It was an all or nothing sort of deal. So, which makes you wonder, sort of what. If, if all the animals on the Arcadia end up back at the mainland, or if it's just some, if they helicopter a couple off when they uh, turn and run, or what happens there, but yeah. we'll find out. We'll find so, out soon enough. Well, we've got about, uh, the United States has a month away to go. Um, what do you guys in Australia have? Sam? I'd have to check. I'd assume it's the same. I don't I don't think we're lucky yeah. enough to get it two Which weeks. Which is unfortunately a question because... Avoiding spoilers is going to be difficult from this. Very difficult from this point on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. If you if you want to be spoiled for it's probably <laughs> for best to get offline. <laughs> or mute. Yeah, mute or unfollow. Um, mute or uh, turn off notifications to all your uh, all the content you get Jurassic Park or Jurassic yeah. World uh, news from. But um, if that's that's all you want to talk about there, Dave, you want to get into one oh five? Sure. As we ended on minute 104 of the Lost World, Ian and Sarah had formulated the plan to lure the Tyrannosaur back to the boat using the baby. As we open on minute 105, Sarah gets down on her knees beside Ludlow and asks, where's the infant? Ludlow replies, it's in a secure facility. Why? At the 12 second mark, Ian bends over and asks Ludlow sternly, where's the facility? At the 18 second mark, we cut to suburbia and the male Tyrannosaur lumbering down the footpath knocking over trees as it goes, sniffing the air, searching for water. At the 30 second mark, it emerges between two houses in the backyard and looks over a brick wall down to a large swimming pool. 
The 41 second mark, we cut inside to a fish tank as the Trenosaur's footsteps send ripples through the water. The footsteps also wake Benjamin, and he gets up to see what's making the noise out the window. And as the minute ends, the Trenosaur's head emerges through the open window. As we end at minute 104 of the Lost World, uh, Ian and Sarah had formulated the plan, luring the Rex back to the ship using the baby, much like uh, they lured the Rex to the uh, trailers back on the island. But uh, we cut down to uh, Ludlow here still moping, and uh, Sarah kneels down beside him and asks, where's the infant? And it was weird, because in that previous scene where Ludlow and Ian come across, Ludlow, uh, Ian and Sarah come across Ludlow, he's sort of sitting up high on a piece of the dock mm-hmm. or something, a higher vantage point anyway, whereas now all of a sudden Sarah's bending down to be at his level like he's sitting down, down on the ground Grandpa somewhere. Still <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like first he was up on the side of the dock, now he's down on a crate <laughs> sitting down, but I just thought that interesting. But uh, he turns to Sarah and uh, looks at her and says it's in a secure facility, why? And then Ian bends his massive frame down to uh, get his head down <laughs> to Ludlow's height, because Ludlow's not a big man either, so sitting down he'd be a lot smaller. Probably below Ian's groin height, maybe, but uh, yeah, bends yeah. down and brings his face into frame and asks sternly, where's the facility? Which, wouldn't they have seen it coming in if it's part of the Indian waterfront complex? <laughs> you think they would have drove past <laughs> it when they were coming down to the warehouse or down to the waterfront earlier? <laughs> but it's just one of those things we don't know the exact point of where it is compared or um, in relation to the, uh, into the waterfront. But... Um, <laughs> Then we cut to suburbia, and we got our first look at the male yeah, really. taking a, a stroll down the footpath. You know, he rather is huge. I mean, you're, we're looking at this car in the foreground, and the T-Rex just looks massive. He's looking, and he looks, and he's able to look right into like some of the second floor windows. You know. Yep, and it's sort of it's one thing I don't I don't think this would work as well um, if the film was made today. Uh, more so because back then, you or nowadays, you'd have people out at 4 o'clock in the morning running around um, going for jogs and somewhat being a lot more active and being know, out still, um, early in the morning. still similar to that then. He's not as much health nuts, but... Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. And he, he knocks a tree not over so here on the, the footpath as well, which is funny. It. It knocks it, knocks <laughs> yeah, yep. And it's also interesting here too, because it looks like it's just rained pretty heavily. Like there's water running down the gutters and the streets completely wet. I was going to say it does very much. And I've had a friend on Just Park Legacy who argued, well, they do that in in a lot of movies where they just wet the streets and to make it look shiny and more photogenic. But, I mean, they, like you said, there was clearly water running down those gutters. So there was a rainstorm overnight, you know? And not only that, if you look... It's sort of if um if it was supposed to be three a.m. when they were back and the Rex arrived, you could probably say this is probably a good forty-five minutes to an hour later. Um, so you're looking at about four o'clock. You sort of see in the background the sky. You got that pre-dawn light, but you can, it looks it looks like there's like storm clouds that are still sort of clearing. Yeah, or I was just through. about to mention that you can um, see in the background looks like the Hollywood uh, not the Hollywood Hills, but um, Southern California mountains in the far background and overhead you can see the kind of like misty cloud storm clouds just blowing around uh, overcast hmm and they would have um for this shot like they would have just gone out and set the camera up and take took some 
tracking shots and that with someone yeah, landed in the street yeah. with the uh, the tennis yeah. ball on a stick. So it could have just rained that morning. It could have just rained that while they were doing that. Or they could have set up the in. hoses to make it look like it rained. But yeah, yeah another thing yeah. is they probably flipped the camera a little bit because if you notice the every time the Rex steps on the ground, the camera shakes a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, which is a good little yeah. touch. Just, just the impact, especially here. It's not. It's not the wet tropical mud. It's sort of hard. It's concrete. It's, um, mm. it's the road Sad grass. Or, or even the footpath. So, yeah. Yep. Um. But then it uh, it turns away from the road and heads in between two houses. And I love here it sort of bends its head around just with its little arm, gives its lower jaw mm-hmm. a bit of a scratch. And then uh, as it points its head forward again, sort of the little arm just yeah. twitches <laughs> like it's still, well, it's still scratching. a little bit too, and it's just as it passes the basketball net. Mm. Oh, yes, yeah. that's what it was, yep. And then I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember, I, remember seeing it, I remember seeing a YouTube video or something a meme or something a while ago about this scene. I thought it was, um, I thought it was the fact it was trying to scratch its head and couldn't reach or something. But yeah, that's the base. Yeah, the basketball net on the top of the garage that mm-hmm. goes past and does that little dribbling yeah. movement. And you notice that before it, I mean, just as it's turning, it kind of lifts its head up towards the sky, and you can almost imagine some little sniffing sounds as you as he steps over another tree. Well, it almost makes that... There's almost that sound effect of it sniffing the air like it's yeah. sniffing for the water. Um, as you said before, it was drooling, so if it's walked all this way in search of water, it was already dehydrated when it got off mm-hmm. the boat, so... It's it's just interesting. It's funny that it's sort of gone this far into suburbia and to sniff out a swimming pool, but um, I'd imagine most in, inland canals or channels and that around San Diego, there'll be salt water anyway, so... They'd be looking for some fresh water, but I don't. <laughs> this is either chlorinated or salt water as well. It'd have to be chlorinated mm. if it's drinking from it, but, but it wouldn't no. taste that good. It tastes like pool water, but I mean, it's drinkable. An animal of his size, it really wouldn't hurt him. But yeah, the thing is, mm. is um, in San Diego and those locales around Southern California, it's not the fact that the canals have salt water. It's the fact, it's the fact that a lot of the times those drainage ditches don't have water at all. Oh, okay. Yep. I mean, it, it, they just dry up, and if you remember seeing the big chase between the truck and the um, and the motorcycle in Terminator Two, that's all done through a water canal, and it's just bone dry. Well, I suppose yeah. And if you want to go to the um, air quotes LA River that you see in a lot of films, and um, and that that it's just pretty much a trickle down the middle. I'm sure if there's a rain event that'll flow a lot faster with all the wash uh, runoff from the concrete mm-hmm. jungle. But, uh, but again, that's a big yeah, F. Yeah, well, it's all, all that stuff's made for drainage, not for redirecting streams <laughs> or rivers or anything like that that are naturally mm-hmm. flowing. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, we cut out the back to uh, the rear of the house and that um, we can see the swimming pool and it sort of, looks from one house to the other and looks over at the swimming pool and walks straight through either a brick or a stone divider. It sort of makes that sound of bricks collapsing as it walks through the wall uh, between the two properties. uh, It's like a molded cinder block, I was thinking. Yeah, so it sniffs the water. And uh, also notice here too that it sort of comes from behind (laughs) the doghouse and sort of walks over and past it. 
Yeah, but uh, then we cut inside, and um, the fish tank rippling, and the uh, boy sleeping. Um, the script calls him Benjamin. I don't know if he's actually credited. Oh, he's got a speaking role, so I should, mm-hmm. he would be in the credits yeah. as Benjamin. But um, the, uh, it, yeah, you can tell sleeping. that Ben's parents have money too, just because the custom shape of that swimming pool, that heart shape, is not usually standard. Usually, pretty standard is either square, circle, or oval. So. And not only yeah, that, but they yeah. have um, a looks like a, a hot tub built into the side of the heart shaped swimming pool. So yeah, they definitely have money. Mm. And even even the fish tank here. And I'm, I was trying to think back to '97, and I didn't know anyone that had fish. My um, a friend of mine had pets. fish. Um, I had a couple fish. Usually they're goldfish that yeah. died overnight. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's I've I've since had when I had my son, um, we've tried fish a couple of times, and yeah, it's good for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden, just without warning, yeah, okay. it's unfortunate. Let's yeah, let's not do this anymore. <laughs> we'll let someone else. Yeah, but we had turtles for a uh, good long couple of years, and they were they were good years, and they were wild bred, so they wouldn't eat anything. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't eat the mealworms. They only ate live bait. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. it hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, he, he hears the footsteps, and you can hear the T-Rex sort of growling outside, and he wakes up, and... Um, uh, no, I've missed... He sees the big animatronic head. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, sorry. No, sorry, I thought it, I thought it went to the, no, the bedroom. No, uh, from behind Benjamin, you just see the giant head enter the entirety of his window. And that's almost like exactly how it's described yeah. in the script, too. And yeah. Yeah, because he sort of gets up and climb, crawls to the edge of the bed and just looks out that window and you see the snout and then the rest of the uh, head and it's just, oh, uh, well. <laughs> and then we get a nice shot, close-up shot of his face with his eyes wide and he's just like, oh my god. What do what? And it's just like, yeah. am I dreaming? Am I awake? Is it? A, I mean, his parents think it's a bad dream. We talk about that next minute. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And it's sort of, um, it, it in the next minute he sort of says there's a dinosaur in the backyard. And it's in the script. It actually says as we look through the bedroom, you can see there's a heap of dinosaur toys throughout <laughs> the room. So he he knows mm-hmm. what he's looking at, but uh, we don't really yeah. see that in the film. In a post Jurassic Park world where yes you know what the t-rex looks like you can identify this and the fact that you're on the second story and it's looking through the window at you <laughs> you know um you know what you're looking at so well as a kid my um, bedroom window i still live in the same bedroom is um looked out over a cornfield and it was for years just an empty field after the summer farmer sold and before the uh, real estate agents really started selling plots. And in in between our property line and the empty field was this line of Russian olive trees. And so it was just this line of gnarly, kind of twisted-looking trees that looked for something right out of Isla Sorna. I remember um, I used to play uh, Roland Tembo and... I actually found a picture of me wearing the hat I used to pretend as Roland Tembo, and I'll post a picture. I'll post it up on uh, the uh, Facebook if people are interested. <laughs> nice. All right. So, um, anything else on that before we get into the shoot script? Uh, no. 
All right. Basically, the shooting script um, happens a lot the same here. We had um, Sarah sort of sort of saying that um, they've got about five minutes to get the Rex um, back to the boat because uh, innocent people and itself are going to get killed. And then she sort of looks at Ludlow and grabs him by the collar and grabs him and says, "Where's the infant?" And then we cut to we cut straight to Benjamin's room here. We don't have the outside stuff uh, at this point in the script. Um, we see him sleeping. We can see the dinosaurs scattered all over the shelves of his room and on the floor. Um, and we see the gold fi- the fish tank shimmering as outside. We can hear the thump, thump, thump as the Tyrannosaurus walking. He sort of calls out to his dad, but there's no answer. So he gets up and um, looks outside and can see the dog barking furiously outside at something, but he can't see what it's barking at. So he, um, he pulls the drapes down on one window and then goes to pull the drapes down on the second window, and that's when he uh, sees the Tyrannosaur looking in at him <laughs> with his big boxy head um, up at the second story height and uh, fills the entire window as it glares, or glides slow, silently past the window. So um, and that's when he freezes and he's uh, handshaking in midair um, in spite of himself trying to uh, close the drapes, but um, he's inquisitive and wants to look at it walking past. That's a little bit of the script that uh, corresponds mm-hmm. with this minute. Um, so, uh, Dave, anything else you want to get to before we get heavy for the day? No, really. I think we did that pretty well. <clears throat> yeah. No. All right. No worries. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.